Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Better together? All right. Do you believe it? We're better together. Ah, so this is a central theme that uh, Jesus taught, the disciples taught in the New Covenant, and it's called unity. All right, so when we find ourselves in disunity and discord, we're disrupting the foundation of what the new covenant is all about. So this is giving you a clue into life. Don't disrupt what the new covenant is all about. It's probably not a good idea. All right, let's be about building what God has ordained or done in our life and set forward for his church to be all about. So if you missed the Connect series last week, you should, or last few months or weeks or whatever, last month, the last series, that's what I'm trying to say. Those words will come out. Don't worry, just work on it long enough. It happens. And you see that, if, if, you, if you get that whole framework in your thinking, it's kind of the why of what this whole series is about, okay? Is that we're better together and we're gonna learn how to preserve and protect unity and how to build it and how to cultivate it but this this whole series is a very it's we're trying to make it and our heart is that it's a very practical how to do unity series how to actually be better together because we believe we are sometimes we talk about stuff and then we don't really dive into the practical how-tos of to apply, how to apply it to our life. So we want to jump in there and really learn some principles that are going to help govern and guide us toward the type of unity that, that Jesus died for. And that he says is the, one of the most important, if not the most important thing we ought to be protecting, building, and cultivating. Let's look here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 in the, in the ver, NIV version of the Bible here. Be completely humble and gentle. Totally easy, no problem. Do that every day, right? <laughs> Be patient. Cake. Bearing with one another in love. And then here we go. Make every effort. Come on. Make every effort to keep the unity. To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's a lot in this. We're gonna keep the unity of the Spirit. So the Spirit is never creating division. If you wanna be about what the new covenant is all about, what Jesus died for and is empowering, you're about the things the Spirit of God is about because the grace of God is truly the Spirit of God moving. It's his power at, move, at work, moving in and through our lives. And Jesus is died for unity, spilled his blood for unity. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the very grace of God, his Spirit is unity. It is unifying all of us all the time. It is at work bringing us together. In the last series, we talked about that we're 99.9% .9 all the same, and there's this 0.01% of differences that cause all this disruption in the kingdom, and we find a way to create disunity. It's like a gift we have, and it is found in our flesh, because our flesh wants its own desires, and our flesh is actually pulling against what the Spirit is pulling against. It is not working toward the things of the Spirit. It is working against them, and this is why we die to the flesh, and Jesus crucified himself, allowed himself to be crucified, so we could be crucified with him, to create a separation from our old nature to our new one. But the new one is living in something. It is in the spirit. And the spirit of God is bringing those 0.01% differences together all the time if we partner. So if we want to be a part of partnering with the Holy Spirit and him bringing unity, it is keeping the unity of the spirit. It already exists. If we, if, if we allow ourselves to be aligned with the Holy Spirit, he's bringing us together always. He only has to bridge 0.01%. <laughs> Seems to be a tough job. <laughs> Colossians 3.13 says this. Bear with each other. Oh, there's a lot of bearing, all right? And that's not like growling and being rude, right? It's, bearing is like carrying a load. I'm gonna carry a load that it costs me to be with you. And forgive one another. 
is not gonna work if you don't forgive each other because you're not that awesome and you struggle. And in that 0.01% of differences, it's easy to offend each other. You have a gift of offending others in your flesh. Your spirit man has the gift of bringing unity and love to one another, but because you and I have to learn in that 0.01% of our flesh nature that is still making messes, we have to bear with one another and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against someone, probably never happened, right? Nobody ever has a grievance against anybody. It's totally perfect all the time. But if you do happen to have one, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, for all these virtues, do what? Put on love, which does what? Binds them all together in perfect unity. You guys wanna go watch the Super Bowl now? Are we done? <clears throat> Sister, you wore a Patriots jersey to my church. I'm just saying. I just don't know if I can move on. 0.01% difference here, you know? Disrupting, disrupting, disrupting the unity in the body. <laughs> no, I love you. <sighs> Tom Brady needs six fingers, doesn't he? He's the six-fingered man, so he can put another one on there. Weirdo. All right. The, the thing here is that love, guys, love always wins. Love always protects. Love always keeps. It keeps us together all the time, and we have to put it on. And it really means to submit to that which is living within you. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is unity. It is bringing us together. If you're creating division in any kind of context in your life, you are not living in the Spirit. You might see that as good, but you're seeing wrong. Doing wrong. You're moving against the Spirit of God. Don't do it. Don't disrupt what Jesus bled for. There's no reward in that. There's only discipline and correction in that. Uh, sign me up for a reward, right? And if I need to be corrected now, and because my thinking is wrong, my behavior is wrong, so be it, Lord, shift me now. I wanna be adjusted so I can see the way you see and live it for, for, live for what you died for and what your spirit is truly empowering. But we have to uh, uh, put on love and then truly learn how to walk in forgiveness because what we're going to talk about today is something very practical that stimulates, cultivates, is probably the heartbeat and the hub of everything in community. Love is a principle that drives it, okay? But communication is a part of everything in community. And the power of words is just so amazing that the words are this tool that God gave us to create common unity, which we call community, right? Common unity, but the Holy Spirit is driving it. And if you listen and submitted to the words the Holy Spirit is truly speaking in and through your life, they would always bring unity and they'd always be covered with love. Because you put on love, cover up with it, right? And it covers up, it always protects, it always makes things come together. But you and I have to submit to this thing that's happening inside of us, and we need to master community in communication, all right? We have to master community building with communication. Step one, good luck. <laughs> Lord's calling, it's okay. Just put them on hold. What I have to say is more important. James 4.1, look at this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Uh-oh, talking about that flesh, okay? You desire, but you don't have. You kill, so you kill. You covet, you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Challenge time. If you're in a quarrel, you're not really in a quarrel with someone else. You're in a fight with your flesh, with your own selfish desire. 
Because you see communication and community is win-lose. Wrong thinking. Win-lose is not what causes common unity. The Spirit of God is empowering you to live like Jesus. Jesus lived, gave everything of his life, died, spilt his blood, the most precious thing, the thing that gives life to a human body. That means all of it. Real sacrifices with the Spirit of God is calling your flesh to do, is give up its own selfish desires so that it can bring unity to the community. And so your, your flesh wants to fight. But when you're in a quarrel and you're like, I gotta win this argument, you gotta, it, communication now becomes a quarrel, it, you're fighting with your flesh, not someone else. You've gotta see where the fight really is. Don't these fights or quarrels, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Just look at that. James 4, verse 1. You have to see where the fight is coming from. And so many times we want to point the finger at human beings. They're crazy. They're weird. They're stupid. They're a bunch of idiots. How could they even think that way? How, if they did something like that, they've got to be the biggest dum-dums ever. And really... You just can't see the way they see. Everybody does something for a good reason to them. Whether it's truly good or not, they see it as it made sense in the moment. Even the most ridiculous things that you can imagine. It's true. It's maximum good to them as they see it. And they, 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 they go after that thing. And then we look in and judge. And then we go, man, you're crazy. You're stupid. You're, and we, we use our words... Instead of to bring unity, the quarrel is, I didn't get what I want. My flesh didn't get what it wants because your thing that I don't understand disrupted my life. Anybody ever parented a child? That's all they do is disrupt your life. It's just coming in, crashing in, disrupting everything. And God designed it that way to mess with you and mess up your flesh and make it, it always wants its own selfish desire. And really, so many times we correct our kids and it really is about us being discomforted or we are being moved out of the thing that's important to us. And it's like, hey, you're just messing up my day and what I want. Quarrels come from your own selfish desires, but when you give up yourself for Jesus and it no longer has a self-desire, his desire is to serve others and be covered with love and bring unity to the body. Your communication shifts because it's now coming from a place where it sees unity as the highest value. And guess what? When you see what God sees, then you align yourself to the Spirit of God, what it's empowering. That's when all of a sudden the kingdom of God takes off in your life. Because you get into unity with it. If you don't get into unity with the kingdom and the spirit of God, what, what, you see, what you see is truly good and what is right with him, and then you align into what the spirit's actually empowering, he's only empowering the things of the kingdom that are truly right and good, as God sees it and has ordained it. You don't get to make up the rules. So if your life is like struggling, your relationships are frustrated all the time, and you have all these quarrels and communication, it's just because you're not in alignment with what God sees is good and the, what the Spirit is truly empowering. It really isn't that complicated. It might be very difficult because you just have to die. <laughs> to yourself, right? Which isn't complicated. It's just hard. Oh, but when that happens communication begins to shift because no longer am I trying to beat you in communication, literally, figuratively, win, and then beat you into submission. I use my words to shape what God is trying to shape, which is unity. So I use my words, which are the most powerful substance on the planet. God gave us words in fact, he formed the entire universe with his words. 
and he made us in his likeness and he gave us the ability to speak. He could have made us not be able to speak. And we were just like. <laughs> how much easier would life be? I mean, how much less conflict would happen? We, we would just be a lot more alone, I think. Of course, we would learn sign language and then we'd talk to each other really mad and Whatever, we'd figure out a way. But he gave us the power of words to accelerate communication. And he gave it to us to disrupt our flesh. God used his words to shape the world. He shaped the universe with the power of his words. And he gave us words in his likeness to shape his kingdom. His kingdom on earth is called the church. You need to love it. You have to fall in love with his church. He, he, he birthed it with his blood. He's empowering it through his spirit. The church is good. It is good. We don't always operate it or build it well. But it is good. It is something good that he created. The church is his people, his people group, his community at work on earth, building his values. But our words have the power to bring us together or tear us apart. How are you using your words to shape what God wants to shape? James 3.6 in the New Living says, And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. We're talking about your flesh now. The way, what your flesh wants to talk about, what it wants to do is light your life on fire and destroy and tear stuff apart. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison, but sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. James is talking about a lifestyle where we allow our flesh to be a part of our community. And when it starts to take off and just says whatever it wants to say, it's just like a blowtorch. Just, just light you on fire. Catch all this stuff on fire. James is trying to tell us that your words have power to create, and God gave them power to create unity, to build up. That's why even prophecy like today was, comes forth with power to bring unity to the body of Christ. Love to the body of Christ. Build up the body of Christ. Power to create community. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You love to talk? There's a pretty safe way not to get in trouble, say nothing. But God called you to speak, called you to preach. He called you to build. You're a builder, you're made for it. Part of your identity is to create things and build things, even make messes, you can't help it. Because your flesh is gonna be a part of it. What we wanna do is die to that. Understand, when you understand the power of something, you treat it with more respect. Like when you own a gun, you treat the other, the end, the barrel end of the gun, when you understand its power, you treat that end of the gun with great respect. Because of the people around you you love. Like a gun, when you pull the trigger on your words, it's real hard to get it back. And it can create great destruction. In the flesh, just let your words just flow like a babbling brook. They call that logorrhea, okay? Diarrhea of the mouth. You just let it out. <laughs> Makes a big stinky mess. Words are the easiest way to offend people. Did you know that? Proverbs 18, 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. This is in the Bible. Do you know that? Proverbs. It's a great place to learn about how to use your words. I got a pile of scriptures in here from Proverbs about words, so don't worry. 
you're going you're gonna to get your fill today. This is why we have to learn how to forgive. And that passage in Colossians 13, to bear with one another and forgive one another, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. All these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in unity. We have got to learn how to forgive. If we're gonna master community, we have to master communication, which is the hub or the heartbeat of community. And in it, we have to learn how to forgive, because if you talk, you're gonna sin. You won't be perfect. You talk, you're gonna make a mess. Even with great intentions, you're gonna miss things. And so you have to be willing to forgive one another if you're gonna live with one another. If we really believe we're better together and our goal is community, we have to learn how to communicate and you gotta try. You just gotta go do it. You'll never learn how to ride a bike unless you just kinda get out there and start pedaling, right? You're gonna fall down, you're gonna wreck it, you're gonna have a problem, you're gonna learn. Keep learning, keep growing, keep trying to build. If you understand where you're going and what the Spirit is empowering, you put that stuff together and to work with love, ask yourself, is what I'm about to say, imagine, imagine if we just stopped and thought this. Before I speak, I go, is what I'm about to say truly loving? Is it wise? Is it necessary? And then I say whatever. Because the consequences are great. You're going to reap the consequences. And you're going to hurt and offend people. And you're going to get offended. And we have to learn how to forgive. Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7 a day. 70 times 7 a day for one, the same kind of offense. That means every minute of every day, for everything, forgive the way Jesus forgives us. He says, that's how I've forgiven you, for everything all the time, from now to eternity. If you wanna stay together and learn how much better you could be, you've gotta learn how to forgive. Not only understand your words have power to shape and use them wisely, covered with love and put on love and to bear with one another, we've gotta learn how to forgive or we'll never stay together. And it's not your responsibility to forgive. Not the other person. Everybody should ask for forgiveness. That's called repentance, right? But you can control you. The only way you can keep the whole community together is if you are religiously devoted to forgiveness. It's good marriage training, by the way. We gotta stop blaming others for our own personal response. Our job is to forgive and to protect and guard and build unity. So many times we play the if you would have game. Rather than I'm gonna have a response that's godly because God put it in me. Well, if you wouldn't have been so dumb, I wouldn't have to forgive you right now. Then we get in this argument again about why somebody else is so dumb. Rather than, God, I just want to forgive because it's in my heart. Because it's what you want and I value unity, common unity, the brothers, uh, sisters, us working together above all things. I'm going to guard that. <clears throat> There's three core uh, principles that govern community and relationships. And these three things all work synergistically together. They have a symbiotic relationship with one another and it's trust, communication, commitment. You can remember it, TCC, super easy, right? Trust is the most precious commodity in all relationships. And you have to build, guard, protect, cultivate trust all the time. And if you keep that in your mind about it, that, that you're gonna cover trust with love, I'm gonna build trust with love. And I'm gonna protect it and guard it. And every decision, every action, every word has power to either build or tear down trust. It's gonna shift the way you live and the way our community operates. But all trust feeds, as you build trust, it feeds into communication, the way we talk to one another. And our goal in communication is to get to unity. We're gonna talk about it a little bit, just a few minutes. It's clarity. So we're gonna define unity in the communication space as clarity. We understand one another. We've come into alignment with one another, not agreement. Hello. 
Understanding is not agreement. I understand you, you understand me. We have clarity. We have the ability to make a commitment to move forward, even if we're not in agreement. Say what? Mind blown. You don't have to have agreement to have unity. Amen. Somehow in the 0.01% of our differences, we can disagree about everything. And God says, I love that. This makes you die to your flesh. And he goes, you're all pretty much mostly wrong anyway. So awesome. <laughs> and when we all get to heaven, we're going to go there and go like, what? Oh, I thought it was like this. And he goes, I know. It was so fun to watch all that. But look, what we're really about is you coming together. I love watching your flesh squirm because it's not what you're made for. He forces us to be different so that we will commit to walk in unity when we don't agree or can't fully understand why a person is different from us, sees different from us, wants different from us, and in fact, it creates a healthy tension that helps us see more, be able to be more and more like Jesus. Because the thing that is most like Jesus is not just doing things right, it's being in right relationship with one another. Relationship is God's goal. He's a relational God that wants heaven filled with people. He doesn't need stuff and buildings and us to build stuff for him. He's not a pharaoh in Egypt that wants temples and uh, 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 you know, pyramids built in his honor. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want idols erected in his name. He wants your heart in relationship. And he wants us as a loving family understanding what life without him is truly like. Being fully redeemed and saved and bought by a purchased price, his blood and operating in full love and common unity with one another. That's heaven, guys, gals, that is heaven. And I, I, we need a little bit of that on earth, but we have to cultivate these three things, trust, communication, commitment. You build healthy communication comes to clarity. We do healthy commitments, not based on agreement, but unity and understanding. And we follow through with those commitments, it builds more trust which makes us communicate better and have healthier commitments. And more trust is built. Around and around we go, we build more and more trust. And the more trust we get, we increase, the faster we can go with one another. The farther we can go with one another. And the less vulnerable our whole community becomes because we know and understand each other better and better. Because trust is the speed of efficiency. You only go as fast as you trust in relationships. You'll only go as far as you trust in relationships. James 1.19 says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In relationships, there's this amazing tension of our desire to be efficient, our desire to accomplish and to go somewhere and do a lot. But here's the tension. You can't be efficient with people. So the more you build trust, the faster you can go. But if going fast is your goal, you're gonna wreck it all. Building trust is your goal. And you can't speed up the process. You don't get to skip steps. If you skip steps, you're cultivating something that is catalyzed as we go faster for disruption and destruction. You have to build it right. And God says it's every one person at a time. Every person matters. In the book of James, he says, don't think, you know, trying to be the most important person and forget about the lowly person. You, you, we've got we've to be willing, like Romans says, to, to be with all types of people. We're all the same. We go to heaven and there's no social classes. There's no intellectual separations. Nobody's better than anybody. We're one in Christ. It's going to be amazing. But we have to slow down. This is why I get so tweaked when I'm driving through a school zone. There's some dude, and I, ladies, you get a pass. I've, I, I just, has not happened to me, and some ladies, you might be this annoying too, and you drive fast in a school zone. You're in my naughty list too, okay? 
but it's always some dude in an oversized truck with big tires that's got somewhere really important to be, and so he just drives extra fast through the school zone. You can tell I'm a little passionate about this. I care more. I care more about the kids in the school zone than whatever it is I have to get to. So I don't need a 20 mile an hour zone sign. Those lights are flashing, I know I'm in a school zone. I, I could go five, mile, five miles an hour if I needed to. It doesn't matter to me. Nothing is more important than the safety of the children in that zone to me. I have lots of children, personally, so I care about them. And so I think easily for me to care about other kids. But someone, for whatever reason, that doesn't is care less, right? They're careless. They actually care less. Just drives as fast as they want. I see people like, uh, you know, Go Speed Racer, thinking it's like a game, like just flying through everybody through a school zone. I'm like, I wish there was a cop here right now. <laughs> or I had one of those like Batman hook things that could shoot out of the front of my car and just like <laughs> grappling hook them. Just pull, just pull on them. With communication, when you understand that unity and that people's lives are at stake, that people's lives are literally at stake in a school zone. In, in communication, people's lives are at stake. Your words have power to create and destroy. And, and, and people's lives are at stake. We've got to slow down. Slow down your communication. It, you don't have anywhere that important to go to. It's more important than the relationship that's right in front of you. You can't be efficient with people. But the more you build trust, the faster and farther you will go. It's a beautiful tension in this principle. If we get it right and we value others, we're gonna see so much life in our community. It'll just explode and generate. But you cannot violate the principle of speed and communication. The speed is as slow as you must go to preserve protect and build unity in that one relationship. What's the big hurry? Well, you know what I think the big hurry is? We don't like conflict. And conflict comes in communication, especially when you're trying to get to clarity and understand someone else. And it all gets spicy. Our emotions get involved. And we get agitated, and we're like, I don't like this school zone. And we just power through the school zone because it freaks us out. So many times we see conflict wrong or because we've experienced it in an unhealthy way, and conflict has led to division and lost relationship. And we're all afraid of losing relationship if we're willing to own it and accept it. I'm afraid of losing people in my life. I'm afraid of losing you. I'm afraid of the people important to me, that they don't really love me. It's scary to me, and I don't want to talk about it. But we need to talk about it. It's time to start talking about stuff. Let's talk about it. Slow down. Get uncomfortable. You get so uncomfortable that it becomes comfortable. And then you'll build in your own truster this knowing that if I'm in conflict with someone who's committed to love and unity as much as I am, even if it's hard and rough and uncomfortable and we're driving 20 and we're like, why do we all have to go this slow? We see so much more when we go slow. I see more of what you're talking about when we go slow. I don't really like that. In fact, my flesh doesn't like that. Because when I see the way you see it, usually means I need to change something about me. My flesh don't like that. He goes, leave me alone. I want to go fast and pretend like it's all okay. Just not okay. You're not okay. You're not just like Jesus. It's okay. And that's all okay. Okay. Let's just, let's, just, let's just become more comfortable going slow with one another, talking about it. Letting the time just to maturate and just grow and, and, and just sit and look at each other's faces. Could you imagine? that We see each other's faces talking and we go slow enough to where we really learn and understand what's going on 
in that person's heart. We have to allow the Holy Spirit, who is patience, by the way, to rule our heart and life. People's lives are at stake. The whole community is at stake. We have to let the Holy Spirit rule our lives. He is patience. The fruit of what he builds and cultivates is patience. Isn't that amazing? And he, you have the fullness of patience living inside you, empowering you to slow down because people matter. The community matters. Learning how to communicate with that type of clarity and pacing matters. When the goal is clarity and communication, it begins to bring unity. It brings us together because we're better together. Look at Psalms 133.1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Not just like show up and pretend like we're together and go away. We don't have conflict, right? We have true unity. But seeing communication wrong is going to damage our community. And let's look at this. We see communication wrong as winning or a place for us to get significance or have a quarrel. You know people that just like to talk and fight. It's a thing. Oh, I just like to argue. This like to agitate stuff for agitation's sake. You're annoying. Stop it. Or they just want to win. It's like, oh, I'm just so competitive. It doesn't matter if I'm right or if it damages community or anything. I'm, I'm just going to win. Or we find a place of significance where this is my place to pontificate and allow you to know all the glorious things I know, which makes me feel important about myself and you feel smaller. <laughs> and this is where I find significance. Isn't it amazing all this kind of dysfunction can live inside our flesh? It's not in your spirit, man. It's in your flesh, man. Proverbs 17, 19 says this, anyone who loves to quarrel loves sin. Sinners. <laughs> all these sinners out there. Sometimes I just like to quarrel. It's like to fight. And I'm like, oh. But if we saw quarreling as just sin, Missing God's mark entirely, disrupting the unity of the body of Christ and what the Spirit is building and what Jesus poured his blood out for, we might slow down. The goal is unity. If we define unity as getting to clarity, it helps us to activate these principles that are driven by love that support us coming together rather than trying to win and divide. We've got to see the goal of unity right. Conflict, communication, right. It's not winning. It's not uh, significance. It's not quarreling. It's about unity and others being built up. Here's some simple principles. We're going to just rip through these. Seek truth and understanding. Seek truth and understanding. Proverbs 15, 14, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Some people just like to feed trash. They want to eat it like Oscar the Grouch. Just, just gobble it all up. It's fine. You got to feed on real knowledge, not just stuff that's just junk and it's gossip, slander, and it destroys people or it makes you feel right. That's all garbage. Just seek truth and knowledge. Proverbs 10, 19, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Proverbs 18, 13. <laughs> Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. I've had this problem most of my life. <laughs> and my true friends say, you don't even know what you're talking about. I go, I don't even know how I said that. It'll happen before my brain even engages. And they go like, have you even thought about that one time before you just said all that? I go, no, 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 I'm just spouting off before listening to facts. It's shameful and foolish, but fun, right? <laughs> My true friends, call me out on it. All right, so Proverbs 18, 15. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Let's be intelligent, wise people. And we need to seek to understand before being understood. We gotta be truth seekers because we care and value community and we wanna master communications. Help me understand. Tell me more. What else? Let's learn to ask great questions. Don't personalize. Here's the next principle. And allow emotions to rule your conflicts. Your emotions can rule and then... 
<sighs> it's going to be terrible. Proverbs 15, 18. Look here. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. <laughs> so simple. Okay. Proverbs 17, 14. Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate to stop before a dispute breaks out. <laughs> so stop it before a dispute breaks out. That's what I meant to say, right? That's what you heard first time. So stop. Don't pull the lever that releases the dam. Just don't do it. A fool, uh, Proverbs 12, 16, a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Ah. So even in communication, you don't have the justification that if someone else insults you to just, well, you sort of thought with thought and say whatever I want. Quick-tempered person who is unwise or foolish just spouts back, just respond, reacts back, when insulted, Proverbs 13, 3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Praise the Lord. No one will beat you up, kill you. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 29, with understanding, people with understanding control their anger. A hot-tempered person shows great foolishness. You really just got to decide, do you want to be a fool or do you want to be wise? The wise person applies truth to their life. You know the truth. Apply it to your life. Or you can be a fool. Your choice. You have to be willing to adjust. You're going to find correction in conflict. Proverbs 15, 31, if you listen to the constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Your flesh doesn't want to hear this. Perfect. You can come out, Mike. I know you're waiting for me. Just do it. This is Mike Rue amazing. Just love this man. See, look. They love you too, bro. Be ready to repent. Just be ready. Be quick to be adjusted. Humility allows you to be adjusted. Make it right. Make it good. All right? You've just got to make it right now. You've just got to make things right as fast as you can. You're going to be home among the wise if you allow yourself to be corrected. I love correction because it brings me into alignment with true goodness. God's true goodness doesn't just keep my flesh comfortable. Responding in conflict, not reacting. We learn how to respond rather than react. Reactors are explosive, right? They create an explosive environment but we want to respond. Proverbs 15, four gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Gentle responses. A truly wise person, Proverbs 17, 21. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. Remember, slow down. Learn to respond with love and patience. Is it loving, is it wise, is it necessary? Is it building someone up? Man, if it's doing those things, awesome. You're winning. You've got to learn to validate. And you can't deflect. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to learn in conflict how to diffuse the tension, how to diffuse the, 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 the tempers, the emotions, the uprising, the, uh, the, the accusations. And when someone insults you, you're going to diffuse that stuff while staying in it not deflecting or avoiding or covering up or pretending like it didn't happen or running for your life, ah, speeding through the zone. You don't do all that stuff. You're gonna learn how to diffuse through the power and the love and the spirit of God because unity is that important to you and your spirit, man, to protect, to guard, to love, to build up, that you're gonna let your flesh squirm and freak out if it has to. And it'll get used to it. In fact, what happens is it just dies and doesn't come to the party anymore. How cool is that when your flesh just like, I'm just not coming to that party. It's too, uh, too terrible for me. I'm staying home. And we bring the spirit and love of God and we practice that in all of our communication without deflecting or deceiving or lie, uh, lie to you and say, yeah, it really is okay with me that you act like that. But it actually hurts me. That's lying. That's deceitfulness. That doesn't build unity. It's false and fake. And it's a house of cards ready to just tear apart because you can only hold up deceit for so long because the truth will find you out. Is it, are we building real love? We can't avoid, deflect. That doesn't prove out me. I'm going to deflect my Captain America shield. This protects me from everything coming at me. 
We've got to diffuse the tension. I really love and care about you. This is how we diffuse tension, folks. You're so valuable to me that I don't want to ruin or disrupt or, or hurt our relationship in any way. I want to build trust in this communication. And I, I don't understand what you see and where we're at. And I want us to be, I want us to be one in the spirit. And I don't want it to be fake, I want it to be real. And some reason in our point zero one percent of our life, we're just off track. And but I care about you so much that I don't want to just abandon, give up, avoid, deflect, or lie to you that there's a problem. There's a problem, and I want to talk to you about it, but I care about us so much that I don't want to ruin that. When you build up the value of the relationship, and you also say, I'm willing to change whatever it takes in me so that we can be one. When you come to relationships and communication with that type of commitment, and you really mean it, I'll do whatever it takes, which means repenting and owning jump shifting. I'm going to see the way you see, and I'm going to try to love you the way you deserve and need to be loved, because you're of equal value and needs to myself. I love you. I see you. You're important to me. Our community is important to us, and we're going to work on this, because our, our relationships matter. If we blow our relationship up, it damages lots of people around us. We're not going to do that. We're committed. We're going to kind of end the service a little different than we planned. So, worship team, I know the worship team's everybody's ready to go, but I'm just going to wrap the service up and we're gonna to pray together. Before you, and so worship team, you don't have to come out. You, you can, come on out, come on out. Come on out, folks. Praise the Lord. You don't have to, but you can. Uh, I, I really want this to be a genuine shift and not and, and something we, we really apply to our life, guys, that we just make happen. And we do have our, this is my friend Mariah Anderson. Mariah, will you stand? This is my friend Mariah. Hi, Mariah, you guys know Mariah. Mariah builds all the devotionals for the church, okay? So as we work on these messages together, we build devotionals and they come out each week. So following this, it'll come out in the email, uh, the Abbott Loop email. So if you sign up for the email, you get devotionals every single week. Uh, all the notes are in those devotionals. All these scriptures are all in the devotionals and you can go even deeper. We add some stuff to that so you can cultivate it. You can even have conversations with your spouses around those devotionals. You can talk to your friends. You can apply these principles to your life and put them to work. So as we're going through this Better Together series, I don't want it to just be another thing we hear. This is something we're gonna do. We're gonna put it to work, but that means we all have to shift, right? So what I wanna do is pray for us and, and ask that God would give us the desire to master communication and to value unity the way he sees it, amen? So we pray with me, Father, we're just lifting our hearts and our lives up to you today. We want to shift. We want to change. We don't want to be the same. God, we want to hear your voice today. I want to be in alignment with your spirit, God. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, you come down right now. You'd show up. You'd minister to each one of us. God, you bring my heart, my life into alignment with you. I want to see your church the way you see it. I believe I'm better together. I'm not better alone. I'm better with your church. I'm better with my spouse. I'm better with uh, this team you call a church, God. And I want you to root me in and knit me in and help me become a master of community and communication. And God, will you forgive me for the ways that I've sinned against the body of Christ with the words that I've spoken. They've torn down, they've damaged, and they've caused destruction. God, will you forgive me? Come on, if that's you, that's me. Come on, that might be you too. How can it not be? Your, your tongue is like a fire that sets on fire. If you could tame it, you'd be perfect. None of us are perfect, God. We just repent. We want to die to our flesh. Teach us how to do that and live to the Spirit of God that's bringing patience and love and unity to, the, to, to our community today. God, we, we let that loose. We let loose the Spirit of God living inside of us today. God, we bless your name. Father, we move in power over each one of us. God, we let your love just be released like a river. Let us experience your love in a new way that would just be so different that people would experience you in a real way. And right now, God, I ask you to fill my life, fill my life with your love that's so strong and so powerful that it affects the people around me. God, I'm praying for protection over every family in this church. God, that every family would just be guarded by your love and your spirit right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the best day of your life is because you have the opportunity to choose the God who chose you. 
Jesus came, he lived and he died so that you could have life and you could have life eternally with him. Nothing you've done can keep you from the, from the love of God, can keep you from eternity. You can't send your way out of an experience and an encounter with Jesus. You can't do it. His love and his blood covers all sin. And you've got it. And it's okay because we all have it too. But Jesus' love is so good it covers it all. If you're here today, all you have to do is pray and receive Jesus as Lord in your heart and confess with your mouth he's God. You'll be saved eternally. And you also are knit into a family, this family. You become a family member. God's amazing. You don't have to be alone here on earth or in eternity. And those are your options. Choose Jesus, you belong. Now and eternity. Don't choose Jesus, you're alone. Now and in eternity. But God gives you this chance right now. If you close your eyes with me for a moment, if you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor. I want to receive Jesus in my life and I don't want to wait one second longer. That's me. Would you lift your hand in the air and I'll pray with you. You don't have to go anywhere. Just right where you're seated, sitting in your seat, we'll pray. Oh, I see your hand. Thank you so much. Je I'm ready to receive Jesus. Anybody else? Lift your hand up. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Yeah, I see your hand back there too. Let's pray this. Pray this with me. Jesus, I believe you're God. I receive you as my Lord and I receive your salvation for my life and my sin. Fill me with your love today and your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Will you stand, church? A lot of people getting saved in here today. We're better together. We're going to dismiss here in just a second. And uh, I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then I'm going to cut you loose to watch the Patriots lose a Super Bowl. Whoa, come on. Redemption is mine in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray a blessing over your church, God. Let them go in power and faith in Jesus' name, God, that they will be community builders and they will be full of love and compassion and power in Jesus' name. If you have any prayer needs, please come forward and pray. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.